0: Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show! What is up? What is up everybody? What's going on? It's The Fizzle Show, episode 301. Because every week we talk about things that are important, inspiring, educational for entrepreneurs people who are earning a living doing something they care about so people who are working to put something together for themselves and their families that like is actually going to be sustainable provide some side income maybe at the very least and for a lot of us it's actually our daily bread and butter right And to stay motivated, to stay inspired, to stay hungry, like a, you know, kind of like it's kind of like being a shark. You kind of got to keep moving a little bit, you know, just to feel the vitality kind of coursing through your veins at any given moment, simply by nature of the fact that you have no security outside of this business that you've started. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, (laughs) like, welcome to the jungle, baby. You're going to die. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you have everything you need to survive the jungle. Maybe this is exactly what you what you are like uh, like what your lineage represents is the ability to earn a living independently. The ability to, uh, you know, get paid. Do stuff that you care about for a living. Serve some audience or solve some problem that at least motivates you a little bit. Rather than pushing someone else's TPS reports across desks and in infinitely uh, on
1: into, into, you know, I push a lot of TPS reports in my day.
0: <laughs> Did you really, Corbett? Did
1: you push so many TPS reports? It was all day long. Man. I'm kind of glad I don't you know now. what that is. Look at oh, you now. It's from, from Office Space stuff. Mm. The TPS reports are due, so...
2: I should have known
1: that one. stuff. Yeah. Before there was the office,
0: there was Office yes. Space. Yes. Actually, I don't know if Office Space was before the English Office. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't know We need,
2: yeah, we need like similar. we need someone
0: to to look that up. Fact checker. Because <laughs> I was watching a little of the Office, the American Office. I never really watched, um, but I, I I was watching it the other day. It was so funny, such a funny show. And but to me it was all the English office I just thought that character that Ricky Gervais character was just over and then the love, the like romance in that was was so palpable anyways, we could get off on a <laughs> dude, we could get off on a, on a tangent around Bird Box and The Quiet Place right now, oh <laughs> my god oh I do not watch things like that and over Christmas my brother just was like, hey let's put this on and it was like already started and I was like, what's happening
2: to my I, body? I turned Bird Box off after literally two minutes, I was like, "Nope, no, oh, really? can't, you stuck can't with you stuck with it. You should have stuck with it." Did you watch
1: it? I didn't, but I did see the Quiet Place. And Jesslyn oh. just finished Bird Box with some friends. And it was uh, too scary. <laughs> it didn't sound too scary. No, Bird Box is great. It's such right. a it's such a killer
0: metaphor. It is an unbelievable metaphor and a really interesting film. Like they they like had an idea and an interesting gimmick for a film, and they did it. And it is it is
1: killer. Most and popular a Quiet Netflix place, film ever. Like is it really? Yeah, 45 million people streamed it in the first weekend or something, which is nuts. wow. Wow. Mm. How many people see a see a, a movie? That's in what the I was wondering because movies. you know when a when a movie does like $200 million, that's a lot and that's got to be what about 20 million tickets. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah,
0: right, right, cuz a ticket's more than a dollar. Okay, so here's what we're getting into today, guys. We have figured out The best place for entrepreneurs to work. You know, the deal when you're working and you keep getting distracted by stuff, you, um, you, you like, you lose your focus and, and day after day, it kind of builds up. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever had that season where, and I certainly have, where it's like every day I, I end the day feeling like, like, I don't know how, but I didn't get nearly anything that I would needed to get done, done. Like, I'm not accomplishing the things that I need to be getting accomplished. And one of the reasons why we're not getting stuff done is simply by nature of the fact that you're working in the wrong place. This is a really quick, simple fix we got for you today. It's just like a handful of rich tips that Steph has that's going to tell you exactly where the right place to work (laughs) is. So, Steph... A lot of people are out there working at some place that isn't the right place. They're working at their house or they're working in an office. They need and they're like they they haven't taken. They need to take the Steph Crowder personality test to see like where they should work. So tell them tell them how to find the best place in the world for them to work. Steph,
2: man, you really set me up for this one. Wow. Uh, Should
0: be easy from here.
2: (laughs) All right. So here's the deal, guys a little bit of a little bit of a trick the the answer is there is no one best place and what we're going to talk about today in this episode I think is a couple of things one figuring out what best place there is for you so I think that there is a best place for each of us to work the trick is figuring out what Type of personality you have, where you thrive, not only I think at, like as a person, but also the ways that this might shift and change as you evolve and go through different seasons of creativity. What's interesting is the three of us here on this show have literally worked in all of the places. We've all been working outside of a traditional setting. For me, being the shortest amount of time, which is already four years, so we've all tried you know working at home. Um, I'm coming to you guys from an office space that I've decided to rent, which is like the most traditional you can be. Laptop lifestyle, traveling all around. Chase has been traveling a ton. Corbett's about to start traveling. So we've, as a collective, probably tried like every different configuration of working in different places. And the truth is, there's good, bad, and ugly to each of these. And at least for me, what I have found is it's really helpful to be in tune with the environment that's going to support me. I think a lot of times we underestimate How much your environment actually does influence your ability to work, especially if you feel pressured to work in a certain way. You know, if you feel like you need to follow what the crowd is doing and you try to work in that kind of environment and it's just not supportive of the way you think. So all of that and more is coming in this episode. Uh, but my hope for everybody listening is that by the end of this episode, you can really start to think about what is the best place for you as an entrepreneur and also just the season that you're in right now. How's that for a, for a intro? i love it corbett
0: corbett Corbett, totally unexpected totally talk about the uh no it is perfect it's 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 great i mean it it, we came up with this salacious headline where the find you know the best place to work as an entrepreneur and you hit it on the head steph that it's like there isn't a best place to work as an entrepreneur the work is always going to be unfocusable distractible Right, you're going to be working on things that are going to require discipline, that are going to require follow through, that are going to require a little gumption, not not more than you already have. You already have plenty to get this stuff done. You just need to get clear about what you're actually trying to get done and and a lot of times I find that the way the space you do your work deeply impacts the kind of work you can do there. Now, we're going to talk about a lot of different places where you can work. But one of the things that I, that came up in the pre-conversation, Corbett, talk about how sometimes when you're reading stuff on the internet or you're watching other entrepreneurs, it feels like everybody's out there living like the laptop lifestyle. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've all seen on Instagram or, or Medium or whatever the, the photo of the person sitting in a hammock. With their laptop looking over the ocean, getting quote unquote work done. I'm guilty of that. I, I've literally posted that photo before. Because you find yourself in that situation, sitting in a hammock with a laptop, and you go, I'm actually getting work done. I'm How doing does this work. How ironic is this? I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm living that laptop lifestyle. But at the same time, I think it can make you feel like you need to live that lifestyle or that you might be lesser if you're not attracted to it or if you try it and you find that you don't actually get much work done or maybe you just want to enjoy your vacation and not open your darn laptop there are all kinds of personalities at play I think and um, different things work for different people the reason that I work on the road is because I'm on the road for an extended period of time and I can't take off two or three months at a time but I want to travel slowly so if I'm going to travel slowly then I need to get work done other people like to just take a week vacation or two weeks or something and just actually close the laptop leave it at home and enjoy themselves and uh, I actually wish I could do that once in a while so there there are pros and cons to to all the different styles, and I think that we all go through periods where working on the road is nice for a while, but then I love to be settled in back home in Portland. And then when I'm at home in Portland, I deal with the same thing that everybody else deals with, which is… Working at home can become somewhat monotonous, so you might find yourself in a coffee shop, or you might find yourself in a co-working space, or like Steph, you might find yourself renting an office somewhere. So I think we just wanted to give a really open, honest look at the modes that we all work in, and uh, to let people know that it's okay to have these feelings, that it isn't quite ideal, but that you might be able to find something that can help you, at least for a period of time, get more work done because you've sort of optimized your workspace.
0: I like this. I like this a lot. Okay. So we've got actually kind of a rip roaring conversation for you. We've got, th- we're going to identify three places that you can work You that like we have some serious tips for because we've all done it. We've all worked everywhere in the different kinds of places at this point. And there's some serious, like there's some serious things you need to learn about, about each one. And you'll eventually learn it yourself, but we we can shortcut some of that with some of our stories here. But before we get into that, let's hear from our sponsors. Let's get through both of our sponsors here, Corbett, and then we'll get on to the conversation. So, who is sponsoring the Fizzle Show today? These, By the way, guys, both of these companies are, are companies for small businesses. That's who we're reaching out to is finding companies that do things for small businesses or people who are like entrepreneurs like the other one we talked about, the dog walking one. I love that. But talk about gusto, Corbett.
1: Yeah. So Gusto, you guys have heard about before because we love and use Gusto ourselves. We use Gusto for payroll processing, for paying our, uh, contractors that work for us and for, uh, benefits as well. Because Gusto offers modern, easy payroll benefits and HR to small businesses across the country. They were mentioned as the best online payroll by PC Mag and you don't need PC Mag's opinion because you have mine. I say they're the best online (laughs) payroll and you guys can get three months for free when you run your first payroll over at gusto.com slash fizzle and the end of the year right now it's the best time to switch right you're wrapping everything up you're thinking about how are you going to make the next year easier for you and switching payroll to gusto is a great time to do it right now so head over to gusto.com slash fizzle and get three months for free when you run your first payroll.
0: Love it. And then we're also sponsored by Bench. Tell the people
1: about Bench, Corbett. That's right. Today's episode of The Fizzle Show is also brought to you by Bench, the largest bookkeeping service for small business owners just like you. With Bench, a team of real humans do your books for you, and then they deliver tax-ready financial statements so you know exactly what the financial health of your business is every month. Bench is offering a free month of bookkeeping to Fizzle Show listeners. You can sign up and Bench will do a full month of your books at no charge. Then if you decide that Bench is right for you, you get 20% off your first six months just for being a friend of Fizzle. How great is that? Bench does your bookkeeping for you so you can focus on running your business. You can sign up for free over at bench.co slash partner slash fizzle that's bench dot co slash partner slash fizzle
0: i love it okay so in case you're just joining us what we've got going on here is that sometimes when you read the internet, it can seem like all these entrepreneurs out there are living this like laptop lifestyle, right? And so what can get, what can happen is you get in your own head about what your work should look like, how you're working on your business should look sometimes. There's like a kind of envy that develops or can develop, almost a jealousy. You feel maybe lesser than other people because you're not getting into the same, I don't know, way of doing it. But here's here's the truth. Whether you're going on the the road and doing the laptop lifestyle, whether you're doing it just like have a little corner of your bedroom that's like a makeshift standing desk and that's where you're going to get your stuff done or or if you like just have a cafe you go down to or maybe a co-working space or some sort of office you're renting, whichever way you end up doing it, you guys, there are good, bad, and ugly uh, elements of working in all of these places. All right. Now there's some important things that like that you probably need to know about and maybe take a little take a little inventory of yourself to see what kind of person you are, because the truth is like different people want different stuff and different moments in life. I find that like different projects. Sometimes this is one of the things I've done is like I'm working on a particular project. I make a cafe like the home base for that project. Right. I've got like, cause most of it's getting done on my laptop anyways in a Trello board or an Asana project or, or a, uh, an Evernote journal or something like that. And so you can, you can kind of like, that's like a little, little pro tip for, for those real weirdos who have to get really particular about things It's like, you can actually designate a place of, of, of your house, of your town to working on a specific project. Sometimes it's a different, like, like just different tasks want to be done in different areas. But Steph, I'm curious. You brought up before that that like sometimes different people are sort of tuned up to for like different things you actually said there's environments that are maybe more supportive for the mm-hmm. way you think. Tell me a little bit about that
2: it's super interesting because as you're talking, i'm just realizing how deep this actually goes for me, and it's it's really fascinating so for those of you out there who are aiming towards living this entrepreneurial lifestyle or maybe you're already there. I know for me, I'll just, I'll just talk about myself. I had always envisioned like my, I've talked about it many times here on the show. My why for wanting to build something I care about and doing it independently has a lot to do with family and has a lot to do with my daughter who's two and a half and wanting to be the kind of mom that I want to be. And for me, coming to terms with the fact that I'm actually kind of like a traditional routine person. It has taken me a lot of time to be okay with that because my story for the longest time was no, no, no. Like I quit the corporate job because I, you know, wanted to be able to be home more, and and uh, I was thinking a lot about the amount of time spent. And look at me, I get to spend two days a week, like not working and, and being with her instead. And seriously I I did this for all of last year where I had like 3 big working days and then two mornings a week I was with her and then the afternoons like my mom would help me it was a hot mess like I was all over the place in terms of like I'd be working but you know my mom would need help getting the snack and this whole thing and it took me guys seriously like an entire year to come to terms with the fact that I'm actually making this a lot harder for myself and the reason I was hanging on to this story was because I had told myself that this was like part of what I was working for, right? Like when I was going into a corporate job five days a week, I left so that I didn't have to do that anymore. Now, deep down, what I really want to be doing is working five days a week, shorter days, where I do have a designated space outside the house and my daughter's being cared for during that time for me it looks an awful lot like a traditional setup which kind of like threatened my entrepreneur card if you will like if we're all like card carrying members of the entrepreneur club or the laptop lifestyle club i felt like less than in some way and here we are it's my third working day of the year i've switched up my childcare schedule i have my own dedicated office space and i feel so much more calm and at peace in the way that i'm working i feel like i've tried to kind of bend myself into different shapes because i thought that's what the dream really was. When in reality, I think it's so much more about how do you want to move through your day? Are you someone like me where my morning time is when my brain is on? I want to work in the morning. I want to knock off work around three o'clock because I'm done. And then I want to have a long afternoon with kids and family. And I don't want to open the laptop until the next morning. Same thing when I go on vacation. I'm not somebody like I, I can't stay off of it if I open it. So I'm like a no laptop person when I travel. And this is, again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I've been at it for four years now trying to discover my own pattern and I think back on the other times where I did try to you know envision a life for myself where I'm mostly in cafes or you know bringing my laptop with me when I travel and it just it it, it didn't lend itself to my creativity, where for me, Mm. when I can get into my own zone, I get to do, do so like this morning I had a few great ideas come through. I was like, where is that? Where did that idea come from? Mm. So what I would say to people out there is if you feel like you've been working with a lot of resistance, which I think I was in the past year, I think it's really a great idea to examine where and how do you feel best for me? My husband will tell you if you come into the door, like if you come in, if you open the door when I'm working, you're gonna get your head taken off. Like I'm just one of those people. Like seriously, he's like, "Hey, I heard the best dad joke." I'm like, "Not, not now." And he's like, "Oh my god, seriously." So for me, I need dedicated focus time, and I I can't be switching back and forth. So that's a little bit about the journey that I've been on, and I think for everyone listening, if you feel like the environment you're in isn't supportive. It's super important to ask the question, like how do I set myself up to feel really good while I'm working?
0: Interesting. By the way, another thing on Netflix that people need to know about is Marie Kondo's uh, <laughs> new Netflix show. Everybody um, is
2: Instagramming about this.
0: Are they really? Are you seeing people talk about it? Oh yeah. Did you, did you read the book? The, I did like, read the changing book. The changing magic and of I, tidying
2: up. It's to this day is how I f- fold my shirts in the drawer
0: absolutely how i fold my shirt i did her whole process i pulled everything out of my closet i got super minimal and i was combining that with steph something i heard from you when you told me about like the having 33 things in your closet Mm. right yeah capsule wardrobe Mm -hmm. capsule wardrobe so i've done and i've done that now for like two years i've had a capsule wardrobe for two years and sometimes it grows and then eventually you realize there's stuff you're not wearing it's like why am i why am i keep dragging this around with me you know, why am I dragging mm-hmm. this stuff around with me? You, you really notice it when you're traveling. <laughs> you're like, hold on, hold on. I'm not getting another bag to pack clothes into. Um, but the reason why I bring that up is because she, for instance, you got to watch, just like she's adorable. She's amazing. The first episode's actually really good. The first episode's actually this like just straight up like American family, young, young kids. And like he works like 60 hours a week. He's a salesman for uh, like a sales manager for something. And they're in L.A. area, but just like a, a like a just like looked like a, oh my oh my god! Like I think this is just like this is what I think of when I think of like like American like this is what I want American families to be like. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I want them to be thinking like like this in some ways. That's my hope is. Um, but they're like really struggling as a relationship. They're they're like they're constantly a stress red alert. Like with the kids and and cleaning up the kitchen and doing everything is just like, are you going to do it? Am I going to do it? I just Home from, I just work my ass off all day. Like, I just want to get home to like this being okay. And she's like, Are you kidding me? Do you know what I've been dealing with all day long? You want to tell me you've been working hard? Right? It's just like non stop. Mm-hmm. And Marie Kondo walks into it and she's like, Hello. First of all, we're going to thank your house for being <laughs> for being such a supportive Take place. Take it down about 100 <laughs> notches. <Yeah. laughs> Seriously. She's incredible. I think she's doing like deep deep, deep feng shui, like weirdo mystic stuff, but she's not talking about it like that. She's just like, she's just talking about it in a language that everybody can kind of accept, but... The reason why that's important is, and especially like, honestly, thinking about the closet thing. It's so ridiculous. If you guys do Marie Kondo's like closet thing, just pull everything out and you pick up each item one at a time. If it sparks joy or if it doesn't, and you got to like learn a little bit about what that means, but you can really kind of like get into it and cull out all your crap. What the thing that that matter, the thing that matters about this is when you're done with it, you literally feel like lighter. You feel like pounds have come off your body. You feel like your, your mind is clearer to think about. You like enjoy stuff more. You have more strategic, like creative ideas. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's just like yeah. being in a space that, like, that, like, to be in a space that gives you that feeling instead of the clutter. Oh my God, there's so much here to do thing, but I got to focus right. on this
1: one thing. What, except, what do you think, Corbett? Except. This is exactly why working at home is tough sometimes because there are a million little projects like that you could be doing at home, and it's distracting sometimes, right? Yeah. You know, I find uh, that sometimes that just gets to be too much and I need to get out of the house so that I don't hear those little whispers of your closet needs to be organized, you know, or or whatever's (laughs) going on at the time. (laughs) Totally. And
0: I find that living in rentals, like traveling around, like I'm traveling right now. We just got into a new place yesterday in San Diego. And, uh, and like, I find that you don't get those whispers when you're in someone else's house. Right. You know, you really don't. You're like, Hey, we're here for a month right now. We're going to get in the next place for like a few more months, like a, 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 like a little bit longer than that. I like to be a little bit longer than that. So you can actually set up house, but you don't have to worry about like, Hey, I'm going to, I need to repair that drywall or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? We got to, we really got to get to painting these baseboards or whatever. Right. It's just like, it's, it's nice to, to, to be in a place I'm finding that I'm renting. Right. Um, for a short amount of time, it it definitely gets me out of that.
1: The same can be true of office space. I've been working at WeWork in Portland for the past couple of months, two and a half months, maybe. And, and I didn't, I, I always figured if I had office space that I would go in like once or twice a week, but I've been more like about four days a week, sometimes, sometimes every day for the past couple of months. And it's nice because this space is rented and I don't have control over anything that's going on with it, you know, and it's gorgeous to begin with, you know, it's clean yeah. and gorgeous and, um, and very functional. And all I do is show up with my laptop and, and uh, work from a different little spot, you know, here mm. every day. And yeah. it just means I open my laptop and I have nothing to think about except work for the entire time that I'm here. Yeah. Um, Except, you know, maybe where I'm going to get lunch or something. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, if, like, if I send you a little video on YouTube or something that might be not related to work. Well, there's still the laptop distractions, but those never go anywhere.
0: That's true. Yeah, those never go anywhere. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what we're really talking about is where do you want to be when the laptop distractions come in? Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause that's the real game. I just watched Ready Player One. Did you guys see that one? The, the, no. um, I, I think don't, it your was, wife loves that. Steven Spielberg. And but, I yeah. loved the book. The book was, was fascinating. It was such a good read. Like one of those, like, dude, what a great adventure story. It felt like it, might, it was like Tintin or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It felt like it was just like a classic story, but it was really actually, it had this great sort of built in interestingness about technology. Um, anyways, I watched, I watched that reason. The movie isn't all that good, but, uh, but the, the, the whole thing is, is like the real world is in the digital world right? You do everything you do in there. There's all these scenes of people in like their trailer parks with their VR goggles on and they're, everybody's just doing the same thing in the living room of their VR of their, of their trailer park. Just they're in the, I forget what they call it. The, the Borg or whatever they're in the, the matrix, Borg, the matrix doing the stuff. And you, you know, I, I bring that up because it's not at all unlike what it's like to be an entrepreneur for me. Right? I am, if I can be on the internet um, doing my work, sometimes it feels like I am, I, I am looking to be inspired by what other people like what's going on in internet culture. Right. And some little idea sparks some other little idea or some little joke that I put into a video and, and that like makes someone subscribe that wouldn't have subscribed. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of playing this internet culture game as well as the like, let's just write the, the article that we need to write about this thing. And this brings me to an interesting point of that like, the whole, the like, let me see what my point is. One second. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find it. Hold on. I'm gonna I find think it's it. in your pocket. <laughs> I'm going to find it. Yeah, this is the point. I'm going to find it. The point is that you actually have to learn how to take this stuff super seriously for you. Right? Like it has to be it becomes something that that is a kind of a practice for for me at least, mm-hmm. and something I've had to teach my wife Melissa about like because I've been working independently for a really long time um even like long even before we, we were doing stuff at fizzle and stuff like that, and I was starting up businesses and then those were failing, and I'd have to go back to a job, but for a long time I've been having something independent going and I like you, Steph. If someone walks in in the middle of something and interrupts me because I read some article from Paul Graham at one point about, about the cost of like, of uh, what, what's it called, Corbett? When like interrupting you're, you're, like the flow state? Yes, interrupting yeah. the flow state, or just flipping from from one yeah. from one project flipping from one thing to the next. The cost on that cognitively, this is something that that big companies have spent a lot of money and time researching because it affects their, it affects
1: significantly how quickly they can put out the product, well, how quickly they can fix the bug. It's crazy that. We, as entrepreneurs, realize how seriously we have to take this because we're all business owners. And yet, the business owners in those places are deciding to throw everyone into these massive, distracting, open offices and think that people can still get work done. And then, they found that one of the things that leads to the highest job satisfaction, the lowest rate of employee churn right now, is whether or not you allow your employees to work at home occasionally. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Because... When they're at home, you know, the, the old thing was, well, you're at home, you're not actually going to be working. You're going to be doing laundry and, you know, home projects and stuff. But a lot of times that's the only place you can get work done because you don't have people tapping on your shoulders or expecting you to show up to every meeting or whatever. So you have to be home to get some stuff done. And then also it's just nice to be home so that when the plumber does have to come over, you can schedule it into that day instead of having to take time off.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this brings up a huge point because then you work from home for a while. Right? Like Steph was talking about in her story. Steph, I think your story was so perfect because a lot, because it really helped. I I think there's definitely people that weren't thinking that that would happen to them and now probably realize, like, oh, there's a possibility. There's Mm -hmm. totally a possibility that like, you're like, I just want to work from home. I just want to be independent. I just want to, you know, be close to my daughter. I I want to this, that and the other. And then then you get it, you know, and you live with it. And it's like, okay, well, what I really want is I want to have a successful business and a successful family. Like, how can we get, how can we get that? And I don't, and I want to not feel burned out and I want to feel like I have enough energy for everybody when I like, I want to feel like I'm present with my kid when I'm with them, you know, and I want to feel like I'm present with my work when I'm with it. Right? Well,
2: he, here's the thing. Here, here's what I'm learning, and I think that people who've been at it for a while probably would all agree with this. I think if you can anticipate that you're going to find something that works for you and basically just count on the fact that it's going to get all junked up again. Like You're not going to find the perfect setup forever. So for example, I told that story about last year and how by the end of the year it wasn't really working for me. At the beginning of the year, it was great. I loved mm. it. It was perfect. And it was just It did feel supportive of me. It was right. And then just slowly evolved. I woke up one day and was like, God, this just really feels like it's not working. We got to switch things up. Same thing with where I am now. I've got this new office space. It feels great. I, before we started recording, I said to you guys, I bet you anything I'll spend a few weeks in here every single day and I'll be like, oh my God, I got to get outside of these four walls or I'm going to forget how to talk to people. And I'm probably going to be back out at the coffee shop again. And so I find it's really interesting because I think about like Instagram, for example. I don't think I ever get more engagement on anything I post than a desk photo. If I post a photo of a pretty desk, whether it's here my office here or at home, I get the most likes and comments By far, and I think that speaks volumes. I think we're all looking for that like aspirational, perfect quote unquote perfect space. And here I am telling you guys that many, many times for me, I've been working in imperfect conditions. So I think it's funny because you look on Instagram, you think, "Wow, like she's got the perfect workspace." Like I'm working out of the closet because I have nowhere to be. Like I can't be on that level. So (laughs) part of what I'm saying, I guess, is you know be skeptical of what you see in terms of people. Uh, posting their workspace and, and bragging about where they're working and the laptop lifestyle from the hammock. It may look awesome. And in, in a lot of ways, it is awesome, but make no mistake. It's an evolution for everybody and there's going to be resistance. And I think it's less about trying to find like your forever perfect place to work and more about being, uh, starting to recognize the signs that you need to switch it up and adapt and get back at get back into that flow faster
0: yeah this is a this is a, a big point as you're talking i just like took a picture of my my workshop because i am on a I'm, like i pulled a dresser drawer from the closet of this house for renting it's in my bedroom i've got this huge like video camera like boom arm for the microphone that i'm hanging out here right i've got all these cords and wires that are everywhere i'm like listen being a successful entrepreneur doesn't have to look sexier than this i only can say that because i'm doing it <laughs> you know what i mean Not pictured, not pictured like my wife and son and daughter on the beach right now. Right. Like walking like a block from my house, not pictured like the friends that we're living with and and stuff like that. Like it's like, this is what it looks like to get work done for me right now.
1: It's funny how uh, this, the finding the perfect workspace feels a lot like finding the perfect product, productivity system Yep. in that You know, you can spend this, especially at the beginning of the year or whatever, you might spend all this time figuring out, you know, which tools right for you, how to organize your projects and tasks and all that. And then you get it to a place where it feels like it it looks perfect and, and it's going to work amazingly. And sometimes that gives you a boost for a while. And you're like, yeah, this feels great. You know, I know how to identify what I'm supposed to be doing every day and how to check off these tasks and make sure that I'm making progress and so on. And then eventually it kind of starts to fade and you forget about it. And, and then, you know, the cycle repeats itself. And I feel like the same thing happens with your workspace. You look for the perfect workspace. You finally clean up your desk and you get it to that place where you can have that perfect photo and that. That moment feels amazing, and you might get a boost for several weeks or even several months, you never know, where something's working out really well for you. The feeling of your office is the feeling of productivity. It makes you feel like you want to get work done. But just like with productivity systems, a lot of times when you're getting the most work done Everything is chaos and cluttered. You know, you look in your, you look in your Asana or your Trello board and it's just like, you don't even remember what you were working on except that you're getting a shit ton done right now. Just like sometimes your desk looks crazy or your workspace is crazy and yet you're getting a ton done because sometimes that inspiration, that motivation, that, um, recognizing what needs to get done right now comes from the fact that you have this really important project in front of you and then the office space doesn't matter so much the productivity system doesn't matter so much because you have clarity at that at that time
0: yeah no this is a, this is a big deal it, in some ways this is a feature of having a, a home office or an office because uh, or an office that like where you work now this is something i kind of i kind of crave and i kind of don't at this point um but there's, because I also really like just, just like, nope, whatever's in my bag, that's my office. Like it's a very different way of, of rolling and there's something beneficial about it. But it's nice when you work every, when you work, whenever you work, if you're working at the same place, what happens is that place takes on the qualities of the work that you're doing. Right. There's a post-it note over here. There's a thing over here we didn't get to process or, you know, things kind of get cluttered up a little bit slowly over time, like Corbett's talking about. And so if you have a discipline of cleaning that and organizing that, if every Friday, like if you're religious about it, it's like a it's like a spiritual practice for you to to clean through and organize that space because you know that the space isn't the space. The space is your brain. You know, there's a thing that you brought in the office because you wanted to do something with it, and you didn't do the thing that you meant to do with it because you're busy, right? Well, if you're not making time to either do that or get rid of it, right? Then it's it's it, it's it's existing in your brain somewhere. It's taking up some psychic bandwidth. This is where, uh, in a large part, my thesis right now is minimalism is the way. Like the the more simple you can be the better, the more like honest you can be with like, Oh my God, I'm not going to get to that. Throw it away. Get rid mm-hmm. of it. I'm not going to, the more cutthroat you can be about cutting out your darlings. Do you know this line from some favorite famous poet? I can't remember who William it was. Faulkner. Okay. Faulkner. It's like the, you know, the, the, the big thing about poetry, the important thing about writing good poetry is learning how to cut out your darlings, cut out those little turns of phrase that you actually love. You know, they're kind of brilliant, but they don't work for this. They're not right for this poem. They're not right for this thing that you're doing right for this season for right now. And, and, And I think maybe that's a a good place for us to go next is into these three different modes that that I, I that I've noticed. And then we kind of all notice of of places to work and really kind of through the lens of what's right for you right now, because I like that for me right now, I like that I get to I get to switch it up basically every day that I, that I want to. Like I can, in this house that we just got into, I can create a little office space and, and we have a little one and I'll be doing that, right? Um, but the truth is there's so many people in this house that whenever I go do work, I'll probably just go to a cafe, Right. That's when I'm going to be editing videos. That's where I'm going to be doing stuff like that. I got to find one that I can, that I can set up my like, you know, my roost laptop stand and my keyboard and my mouse and all this shit because there's so much stuff now, Corbin. Like, it's like, it's all minimal. It fits in my bag.
1: I'm just that. Friggin' guy at the coffee shop with his whole (laughs) thing. So am I. So am
0: I. And then they like I surprise them by not having Vibram fit five finger shoes on. (laughs) Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like I surprise them with that. Yeah. But I like I like being able to switch things up and move things around and like like I'm working here today or I'm working there tomorrow. I like having that flexibility. What determines where I work is what I need to work on. And this is like a really big point that I really want people to 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 not miss in this. You can be fiddling with your workspace for forever and it can just be a distraction mm. from the things that you need to be getting done. The whole the whole um, uh, mechanism by which your business succeeds or fails is whether or not you know what you need to do and are effective in completing those tasks and in doing that stuff. Right, and it might be that the thing you need to do is figure out what you need to do. Cool, how long should that take? Where do you want to do that? Get, when, when, how will you know when you're done? How will you know, right? And then get that done. Now you're on to the next thing. What's next? Well, now it's like writing those three articles that I said that I was going to write. Completing the Startup Blog That Matters course inside of Fizzle, which you can try for, fi- for free for five weeks at fizzle.co slash try five. Right? Yeah, fizzle.co slash try 5 That was just like literally from muscle memory. All that right there was just you're like, whoa. like, like I just pre- blacked right? out for a second. That was all the amygdala right there. Uh, just, just in the in the cortex. The the point that I just, I don't know, I wanna I wanna like nail this to your forehead out there, dear listener, that all of this conversation about where you work is important because the work that you're trying to do is important. Not because where you work's important, right? Where you work's important in a way to get the things you need to get done done right it's not like if you get a nice workplace now good work's gonna start getting done it happens the other way around like you you might luck out you might luck out and just change up your workspace like everything works great but i'm saying don't count on that you know it's like hey man you can believe, you can believe in Jesus. You might actually get in heaven. Like, okay, cool. But like, in the meantime, don't be a jerk. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, there's stuff that really matters right here, right now. And I think Jesus was a lot about that. Anyways, we can get into that story later on. Uh, Jesus and the Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, I'll be doing a seminar later on this evening, seven o'clock on the beach. <laughs> but, but when you're focused on the, when you know and you're clear and you're and you're fresh and and like breathing like honestly and clearly and deeply about what. Needs to be done, you're clear about it, and you're focused and you're committed about it you 've got the gumption to, to see this through that's when it's like where should we work? I need a place without distractions or I need a place with the sort of the hubbub of a cafe so I can just really hone in that like that. That's what does it for me. Like having a bunch of activity around me, but like people who don't know me, man, I can get like, you know, like train brain or plane brain. Yeah. Jeez Louise on an airplane. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When I used to work on airplanes, now I just watch bird box. That's I just get on airplanes, and watch bird box train, every time.
1: Train brain is different because the whole time you're like, what? We're delayed again. <laughs> i've never been on a train for very long i did some stuff in europe but like for the most part it was actually no i did a lot of trains in europe <laughs> never there's, mind there's a train from portland to seattle and it's like it's supposed to take three hours but inevitably it's like five hours for some reason no way that sucks they and they have wi-fi but uh the fi wi- <laughs> it's a stretch to call it wi-fi it's oh, more like God, lo-fi. That's, okay mm-hmm. so oh. let's let's talk <laughs> more like <laughs> why Fi? <laughs> Why?
0: <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Okay, so there's three places we can work for them. Let's just categorize these things, and, and if we come up with others, like let, let's let's list them out. But it seems like there's, there's three options for indie entrepreneurs, right? You can work from home, you can work uh, from an office or co-working spot, right? Or you can work at some public space like a cafe, right? These are the three big ones for me. When I'm working, I'm working at one of those three things. Let's talk about working at home first. Steph, what have you learned like specifically about working at home? You've already mentioned some parts of it, but what have you learned about working at home?
2: Well, I would say when I first started my journey of working independently, I was most excited about working from home. I mean, especially after being somebody who was commuting in a city in the deep snow in February in downtown Chicago, there was nothing more appealing than not leaving my house for four days, which is great. Oh and God, so yeah. I think uh, one of the best things, of course, obviously, is you, your commute is 10 steps. And so what I what I learned about working from home is the best part about it I think is in terms of like not losing a lot of time trying to get from place to place packing up a bag uh, figuring out how you're gonna get there asking yourself do I need to pack a lunch all of that stuff that's the beauty of working from home is you get to basically grab your cup of coffee take your steps into your home office sit down and get down to work um, that for me has always been the benefit is like you get to just your your time to get started is, cut so far down, which is amazing. Um, as far as what I've learned, and I talked to a lot of people who I would say most people that I've talked to who are trying to work at home, whether it's in the margins of their day or they're doing their business full time. M- most of us probably don't have like a fully dedicated workspace. Some people are lucky enough to be able to close a door like you have a whole office to yourself. But most people I have found are in like some nook or cranny of their house. Like it's the corner of the master bedroom with a little hot desk that you put together, or it's, you know, you're sharing an office with your spouse, which is what my situation was, hence the uh, different working styles that I would run into. And so I think uh, working from home when you, when you are sharing space, which most of us are in some way with the spouse or kids and dogs and all of that stuff is trying to find some way to establish some boundaries I think it takes a lot of conversation uh, with the people that you share space with about working style about your schedule like for me I take a lot of appointments and have podcasts and I need quiet I'm filming I have like I can't have people running in the background so I know for me I would lose a lot of time and a lot of frustration uh, when I wasn't on the same page with the people in my house that I'm that I'm sharing space with so I think that was my biggest takeaway from working from home is like really figure out what you need in order to be successful, because you can absolutely be successful working at home. But I think it really takes an open line of communication and, and setting yourself up for success. So you're not distracted all day long, like Corbett was saying, with like, oh, I'm sitting here at my desk, but I could go do the laundry. That's another pitfall that I think is so easy to fall into. If you're at home and you're working, for me at least, I have to put myself in a mode where I'm not doing housework, I'm working, even though I'm yeah. in the same space where I also do home stuff.
0: Mm. Corbett, what about you with working at home? What What have you learned about working at home?
1: Well, not having anyone else in the house is key, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I don't have kids, but you know, and and, and um, my wife is usually at her studio during the day. But if she's around, um, it's just it's really hard for people who are in the house not working to give you the space that you need. And I know that um, closing the door is one way to you know make it. More obvious, I think. You can also try to negotiate with your kids or your spouse if you have one that if the door's closed, you know, or if I have headphones on or whatever, that means I'm working. But, you know, I'll find that if I have the door closed and she doesn't hear me talking, she assumes I'm not on a call so she can interrupt me. Uh, And, you know, it's just, it's for me, it ends up being easier sometimes to go somewhere um, so that those distractions are just gone. Even if I'm out at a coffee shop where there's a million people around that's not as distracting as someone who knows you being able to tap you on the shoulder and, you know, get your attention or something. Mm. So um, for me, it's, it's all about that clarity. It also, you know, in the summertime uh, there are just a million things that can kind of get in the way of getting work done from, you know, people delivering things to uh, housework or yard work needing to get done. And so again, sometimes if, I need to make sure that I'm avoiding those things and working on what really matters, then I just have to get out of the house.
0: Yeah, okay, that, that, these are really essential bits. This whole, I have them written down as like hard, but essential, or challenging, but essential, right? That you establish some boundaries with with either the people or with yourself. Um, Corbett, you're talking about having nobody in the house except for little Frida running around with her little little feet on the hardwood floors. Oh, hi, Frida doggy.
1: And it's, um, it's, it's crazy, but like a 14 pound dog can also be super distracting. She will sit while I'm working. She'll like, you know, uh, she does this like prairie dog thing, leans back on just two feet and then like starts (laughs) pawing at me she wants to go play or something and it's like i'm trying to work come on <laughs> so
0: one tip one hardcore tip i have for for people working at home uh, when your spouse is there or when anyone's around like one of the things that we've done that's worked really well is uh like a rule that any interaction that you want to have with me like even if i'm walking by you if if possible is it happens through text because I'm like normally in my head thinking through something, I'm like processing something, right? I'm like constantly working something out in my head. And when when uh, like then my, my wife pops in either into the room or I'm just like out and about and then we, we're in this other conversation, then I'll like lose track of what I was working on. You know, like I'll like literally I like forget what I was working on. Um, so what we've found that works really well is she just texts me like, Hey, I'm taking the kids out to lunch. You want me to get you anything? Or, Hey, uh, what do you think about going down to the beach at two thirty? Perfect. Let's do it. Right. And then, then like that's in and out. It's done. You know, I don't mind the little buzz notification and I like the conversation to be just sort of at that level that we like, that everybody's on the same page, that what daddy's doing right now is important for the family. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like, Hey, listen, you might not agree with it. You might not understand why daddy does what he does, but it's the thing that puts the spaghetti on the table tonight. Right? Like that, that's, that's, and daddy has to believe that (laughs) daddy has to believe that, (laughs) you know? Um, So using text or some sort of way of like some intermediate communication modality like that can can really just like take all of that interpersonal sort of managing each other throughout the day that you wouldn't have to deal with if you were in an office alone. It kind of it helps that because I like being by my wife like I like being nearby if, if like something crazy happens and she really needs my help like I like being there. I like being there when my son, like, has some, like, makes some amazing ramp and takes his RC car off of it. And, and she texts me, like, Hey, can you come down see Aiden's ramp? It's really cool. Cause if I can, I'm going to do it. That's why I work from home. It's like, I love that. You know, I love doing that. And so it just gives me a little bit of that buffer zone to say, like, actually, I can't right now. Like, tell him I can't wait to see it at lunchtime or whatever, you know?
2: But see, that's where this is where I think this conversation is so interesting. We started by talking about personalities and understanding yourself. You may be someone like you, Chase, who can like defend that really well and say, like, no, I actually can't right now. If that were me, I have no ability to, if I get that text from John, if he happens to be with my daughter downstairs and he's like, hey, she's doing something really cool, I have zero ability to be like, oh, I'm in the middle of something. I'm just like, okay, fine, I'm going to come down and do it. Well, oh, so you to be a it-
0: jerk. Steph, how are you going to be successful as an entrepreneur if you're not a jerk?
2: I'm still trying to figure that out you
0: got to you got to be fi- you guys listen listen up everybody out there you have to be fierce You have to be fierce (laughs) about the things that you're working on because they matter. They matter to the orphans out there who are going to find it. They're going to drink it up and it's going to nourish them. Whatever the article or the course or the thing that you're making is. This is why the work matters. And if you can see the work matters because, uh, because of its impact on the people you're serving, then it's like you're in relationship with those people. You actually have a soul contract with those people in some way because this work wants to come through you. And you can make you, then that's when you realize like, okay, Okay, maybe I can be too, I can get too caught up in trying to do too many things and be too many things to too many people, right? And I need to be more focused on just being dad of Aiden, just being chase right here in this family. That's a big thing for me. So I have the thing where like, it's like the megalomaniac gene or disease or but like a gut biome, like an overflow in my stomach where it's like, I want to go fix everybody's problem. You know, I want to go solve the thing. So the work is always very like, uh, it's almost like I have like a a missionary posture about it. Not meaning Corbett and what you and, and Jessalyn run into all the time with the missionary position. I'm just talking about the missionary posture about it, which is to say like, I'm like trying to like help people through the work. And I, to me, that's like, that's an insight that, hel- that's a, a way I can get some motivation. And I think a lot of people listening feel that that same thing. And I'm joking, I'm kind of yelling, joking about it, but it's really, it's really real. Like when you feel like, Uh, My big project is figuring out, like, like you know, I don't know, figuring out how the hell, like, we can we can actually operate in the world. Can can life actually be enjoyable? (laughs) That's my big project. That's the work I'm doing. I'm like, listen, people are people are checking in to see if it's working or not, Melissa. I have to I have to do this. (laughs) Right, I'm in my head. I'm in my head. So what is, uh, what is, what about like working at an, uh, at a co-working space or an office? Both of you guys, as we speak right now, Corbett, you're in a co-working space. Yeah. And Steph, you're in an office that you've rented. Corbett, what have you learned about working in locations like that?
1: Well, uh, it's, it's been great for me and I'll tell you again in six months or a year, whether or not I still love it. But, uh, the thing that I'm doing is, um, sort of being antisocial on purpose because you know, and everyone has asked me like, Oh, you're at a coworking space. You must be doing that because you want to be more social, right? That's what they think when you, when you don't want to work at home, it's because there aren't enough people around. And, um, part of that's true. But what I like about people being around is just the energy that I sort of absorb through osmosis, just feeling people working and doing the thing. But what I don't want it to turn into is a place where, I have to engage in chit chat or whatever throughout the day. I want to be here to get work done, so I have purposely been fairly antisocial uh, so that I just you know it's it 's my sacred place right now and i don 't know if it 'll always be that way, but that 's been working out really well for me, and that was kind of an intention coming in
0: I like that that 's a that 's a big point what have you like learned about? Uh, about just like when you get there, like finding a spot or like how, what you need to bring and setting up, like anything, any insights or lessons learned from that?
1: Well, I, you know, I tried several different, there, there happened to be three co-working, uh, sorry, three we work. Locations in Portland. Then there's another one. There's, you know, there are like six different brands and, and probably 20 different locations that you can go to. So I, I tried like six or seven of them until I found one that just felt right to me. It had the right combination of different places to work. Um, the right kind of energy, light, all that sort of stuff. As far yeah. as getting here, you know, I think it's going to be different for every, every space that you're in. But uh, a key element for me is that this particular location that I'm in has a lot of phone booths. I'm actually here right now recording and they have these great silent phone booths, which are, which are good enough to be able to record a podcast or to take a call or whatever. And since I have a lot of calls throughout the day, that was essential for me.
0: Yeah. Got it. Uh, That's killer. What about you, Steph? What have you learned uh, uh, in your work? You actually went out and rented your own office space. What are Mm -hmm. you learning about this?
2: Yeah, I I probably would have loved something like a WeWork and where I live in Louisville, Kentucky, we don't have WeWork yet, although I suspect it's probably coming soon. Um, we do have some hip cool co-working spaces, but for me what like Corbett was just saying, what was really uh, essential was knowing that I would have a place where I could go and close a door and be able to record a podcast and in a lot of cases record video. And that just wasn't going to happen In the co working spaces that were available here. So that got me into looking at like dedicated office space. So I am talking to you guys from an office that I have rented. I get to close my own door and it's nobody else's. Like my stuff can live here. And that has been really cool for me because I don't necessarily have to do a ton of packing up. Like my gear that's here is just going to stay here. As far as evaluating, I think what was like absolutely essential for making this decision, I've known, I've had different co working spaces in the past. And for me, commute is huge. So if I have to drive pretty far, it's probably not going to happen because then I'm going to talk myself out of it. I'm going to start to do the math and be like, well, I guess I'll just stay home. And I was concerned that if I had to go too far, I may not actually utilize it. Um so for me finding an office space the one I'm in is actually 3 minutes from my house which is huge I can bounce back and let the dog out have lunch at home if I want to my daughter's school is 3 minutes away as well so central location was was really critical for me cuz it honestly kind of feels like an extension of my home it's outside the home so I am removed from distractions and it's totally mine but I'm not going to spend uh, feel like I'm losing a ton of time in the car. So yeah. I think that was probably the most important for me evaluating is making sure that I have a totally dedicated, quiet space. I don't have to commute too far to it. Um Really set myself up to feel like I'm actually going to make the best use of it.
0: Mm, that's interesting, the point about commuting and and just like how big, like that's just a big deal. I it, it, As you were talking before about working from home, being like the, your commute is 10 steps away, right? Like your yeah. commute is like 10 steps. You don't have to pack lunch. You don't have to do anything. So you just, just sit right down and get into it awesome the other the Mm -hmm. other side of that the other flip side of that coin is like in the morning you get up you know what you're doing today you're getting to the office and you're getting and you're like working And the moment you get to the office like your stuff goes into the fridge there and you're like you're in you're locked in you've just left the family you've left the people you love the most you've left your house and the like and all of the, the the comforts of home and all that stuff and you're like diving in and so everything in the morning is about like like getting ready to get to the office, getting the things that you need so you can be at the office and really, really be heads down once you get there and you're kissing your wife and you're kissing your son, you're packing up an apple and you're whatever, you're taking the things out and then you have your commute and you listen to, you know, however many minutes of the fizzle show or the the whatever podcast you listen to to get you kind of like into the mode, the New York Times, like five minute, like daily news report thing if you just want to get like told about how crappy everything is all over the place. (laughs) Or you can read, or you just like read some book that's like, actually things are way better than they've ever been. These are just not noteworthy headlines. (laughs) You know, uh, whatever it is that you listen to, to kind of like tune yourself up, get your juices flowing. Then you get to the office, you unload your stuff and you're at the desk and it's like, it's go time. Right there's actually part of me that's really nostalgic about that because for for me right now it's just like I, I I can't get that I don't have a place where I can get into an office space I mean I need to look and check out if there's some some co working stuff but like you mentioned Steph the co working stuff can be amazing if you don't have to do video right yeah. if you need to do video we're in a very different you're in a very different category of of requirements right depending
1: on what kind of video stuff you need to do I, I was. I was thinking about that recently, and I don't know. I I think you could film in certain areas. It it depends, though, right? There are – there's two kinds of co-working. One is a hot desk where you just float around and and use different spaces. But then there are also dedicated offices, which cost a little bit more. But you kind of get the best of both worlds there, and you could definitely do some video there if you had to.
0: Yeah, for me, like, I need to set up, like, my whole, like, boom arm, my, my tripod, the whole nine yards, and then I've got, like, a lot, I've got, like, bags, I've got these big products that I'm doing these huge videos on, right? And I just go True. for hours, just yelling. <laughs> it's fucking hours. Yelling! And not, like, and not, uh, like, I, I don't want people walking by or tell, hey, man, can you keep it down? Right? So for me in particular, is just, like, some requirements there that are, like, I don't know if right. I'll ever be able to find it a co-working space. But, that ability to to get things ready in the morning, get like your, you you know you get this like transitionary period, and I know that like I know that the statistics are or the, the the you know survey results are that the length of your commute is like one of the most important like uh, pieces of data about how satisfying your life could possibly be. Right. Like the long, the, the, commute is one of the like hardest parts of certain people's lives. Like they, they hate it. It takes them forever to get to work. It takes them forever to get home. So they have to leave earlier. They have to leave later or whatever. Um, and it, and it ends up cutting into all of their own personal time. Right. So the commute thing on this office is, is is a big deal. But at the same time, having a little, you know, 15 minute, five to 15 minute (laughs) kind of like, now we are transitioning from home mode to work mode. You know, it's it's like that, that can be kind of beneficial in some ways. Nobody wants to jump in on that. That's, that's just like, that's just where it lands. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about, let's talk about cafes. Let's talk about cafes. Corbett, you've worked at Steph. Have you worked in a lot of cap? Do you end up going to cafes a lot and working?
2: You know, I do. Technically, I'm extroverted, like if you take Myers-Briggs and stuff. And so I do, like you, Chase, I I do get energy from being in the buzz of like all the people, you know, rushing around. So yeah, you can find me at a cafe for sure. I wouldn't say it's like my regular uh, place to work, but every once in a while, I definitely like to put myself in that environment.
0: What about you, Corbett? What have you learned about, I know you've worked at a lot of cafes.
1: Yeah, What have you learned? I spent a lot of time there. I I would say that um, personally, I kind of like to camp out for most of the day so I can really get work done and I don't like to have to move somewhere and with cafes I find that I feel I feel guilty about being there more than like two and a half hours or something so I just make sure that the kind of project that I'm about to engage in is conducive to doing that or that I'm really close to home so that if I have to make that transition I don't lose the, the mental state of everything that I was working on
0: yeah, I think that's a really big point. Making sure the sort of the task for the day or for that moment is doable in whatever, a two and a half hour sort of session at a cafe. Um, what I was doing when I was in Portland and there was so much just walkable was I would go to one place for, you know, just like a, you know, shot of espresso or something like that and then sit there for an hour and a half, two hours, sometimes even three. Cause if it was not a busy spot, like I don't mind, I don't mind doing that. Um, maybe getting a little snack or something to, to, No, what I was doing at the cafe up in Sebastopol where I just was, is I would just tip 10 bucks on whatever I was like, I'd buy like a $3 espresso. I'd tip $10, right? Like every time I went in and, and people started, like the workers started noticing that and being, being friendly. And, and I would just, because I'm clear about like, man, I just, I love that I get to come out here and work. Like this is just the best thing that I can be this close to my home work here. And hopefully I'm not too much of a burden on you guys, but I, I love this, you know? Um, but then, you know, leave for lunch, go, go, I like to have my uh, break at lunch where I actually eat something and then go to a, some other cafe or a tea shop or something to work for, for the afternoon. Um, I would oftentimes do that. And then I find that like moving through the day is a nice break, like going, where are we going to go get lunch or where are we going to this, that, and the other? it's it's like, a, it's kind of a nice break. Like I like doing that. And that means I eat out a lot, but like, that's why I work for myself. So I could, so I could. I don't want to have to think about, about lunch and stuff like that. I just want to go get there and do the stuff. Now, argument could easily be made that if I thought about my lunch more seriously, if I had a place that I was working like an office or a co-working space, um, then I would, then I would potentially be taking my work even more seriously, even that much more seriously. And, and that's what's most interesting to me about this conversation is, you know, we just, like, for instance, it's the beginning of the new year. You're going to have 12 months in this year. This is, that's what's going to be like this year for you. You're going to accomplish what you accomplish in that year. And you're going to get the level of satisfaction, um, and the level of enjoyment from your life, uh, that you're going to end up getting. And some of that is, some of that satisfaction and enjoyment is related to how much you feel like you've accomplished. Other parts of that satisfaction and enjoyment is related to how much that stuff you've accomplished is actually successful <laughs> and delivers some results. And gets you like some money and actually so you can so you can take your family out to eat or whatever it is when when it 's like we don 't know what to do for dinner let 's just order something in on Grubhub or caviar, and it turns into a game night whatever right like this th- your your the way you want to feel in your life in this year is determined in, lo- in some meaningful ways by the 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 amount of work or the quality of the work you 're doing or both right. And, and where you're working, how you think about where you work directly impacts the, the level you're able to execute that work at. And, and you could have an amazing place to work and still be, you know, and still get there and be just distracted by the internet. Once you show up, and then it's like you're on Facebook, or you're like, "What? Oh no, you're down the like Jordan Peterson YouTube rat hole now." Or you're on the, you're like, "What?" Well, for me, it's like it's just Helen Watts. Like, no, how did that Helen Watts video start playing? What? It's been doing this for 20 minutes. We got to go do something. <laughs> do you know what I mean, it's like it's all there in your computer too. It's. It, it's gonna it's gonna get distracting no matter where you are whether there's anybody there or a little dog or if you have your lunch or if you don't or if there was a commute and if there wasn't so in in a large part the the uh, the work here is on getting your wetware your 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 mind your discipline to get the right work done okay let's put a pin in this Corbett Steph. Thank you so much for talking to us today on episode 301 of The Fizzle Show. Any closing words, you guys?
2: Not for me. This was a fun one. I hope uh, everybody out there thinks a little bit about where they might work best and you know, make some changes accordingly. Yeah, and
1: um, don't underestimate how much the changing up your workspace can inspire you at least temporarily mm. to get more done.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love this. This is a great conversation. Thank you guys for listening. This is episode 301 of The Fizzle Show. You can find the show notes on this episode and probably a link to Bird Box if our show notes people put it in there at fizzleshow.co slash 301. That's fizzleshow.co slash 301. And as always, you can try five weeks for free of Fizzle's courses and community. It's the group of entrepreneurs that isn't going to let you quit aren't going to let you that anyways it's hard enough to be an entrepreneur on your own why not join with some other people and you know learn learn at the same time get get into these group fizzle friday calls get into which corbett's going to right now okay talk to you guys later find care take care serve hard and dig in bye-bye